Super Talk Mississippi media production. Southern Miss fans know the number one stop for Golden Eagle Apparel is Campus Book Mart on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. Baseball, basketball, football, Campus Book Mart has it covered with clothing to fit the young and old, big and small Golden Eagle in your family. You can visit the store on Hardy Street, shop online at campusbookmart.net, or call in your order and have it mailed to your front door. However you choose to buy, always visit Campus Book Mart first. You won't be sorry. Campus Book Mart and Southern Miss, to the top. I'll pre-record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Ah. Hey. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Eagle Hour. Got to get all them buttons pushed just right there. Kelly Sander, Bob Getty, Southern Bank Corp Studio here in beautiful Oak Grove, Mississippi, otherwise known as Hattiesburg. Glad you're with us. Opening segment of the show, sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue Pit, a great place to uh, enjoy delicious food, have your next event catered. Have you been there lately, Senator, and got the uh, ice cream and the spinach? What do you mean by lately? Would that be this week? (laughs) (laughs) Kelly's a regular at the ice cream, but I'd heard a rumor you shoved a little boy to the ground couple weeks ago that got in between you and the ice cream machine. Look, I need to maintain my size. It's more difficult to be kidnapped. When <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you have to worry about that. I don't think they'll bring you back. Okay. <laughs> uh, so we thank Dickie's Barbecue Pit uh, for sponsoring the Eagle Hour. We're going to talk to you, as we said yesterday, about all the Southern Miss kids playing a professional baseball. Uh, the guy that keeps up with that very closely for us, Al Holder, he'll be joining us later in the show. But first, of course, the big news broke yesterday. We Ask Keith Hinton from Big Gold Nation, who has his ear to the grindstone about this. Uh, uh, the news here, 48 hours before the portal closes, that starting pitcher Hurston Waldrop uh, had entered the portal. Uh, sources say he's going to the University of Florida. It caused quite an uproar, uh, as you can imagine, on social media. Kelly was kind of on this all week. Kelly's been putting this in my ear all week that uh, that the kid was going to up and leave. I I think we were all really surprised at the Will McGillis departure. Maybe not quite as surprised, Kelly. Is that fair to say that Herson Waldrop is leaving? And then and then we'll get Heath in here to kind of clarify why we're saying that. I would say that that's that that's a fair statement. And I think if you're just a casual fan, if there is such a thing as a casual Southern Miss baseball fan, I don't think there is. That's yeah. <laughs> going to say, but but if you are a casual fan, you'd look in from the outside and going, why would a kid who has everything to gain at Southern Miss, you know, with a great team coming back, uh, prime to make an Omaha run next year, want to leave? Which brings us to the new landscape of college sports where we are today. Yes, Heath Hinton uh, is the owner of Big Gold Nation. Heath, I'm, I'm going to play the devil's advocate here. There are two sides to all of this, of course. This is one side I saw on social media that uh, I don't mind saying I, I agree with. You, you take a kid who's not really that highly recruited out of high school, you bring him into your program, you put him with the best pitching coach or one of the best coaches in the country. As Kelly said in my office earlier, you make him what he is now. 
you make him an All-America. You make him so good that he's uh, trying out for the U.S. national team, and he repays you by two days before the portal closes, announces he's leaving your program. Can you understand how a lot of uh, people, more traditionally thinking people, just find that distasteful? I, I absolutely can, and I hate to say it, but the traditional day of college sports is over with. Um, this is a new era. It's an era of, you know, what can I get out of this now? With NIL, with the money in play, it's all about what the kids can get out of it. The loyalty aspect is not what it used to be. Um, you got guys now that are thinking, well, what if I get hurt? If somebody's offering me a lot of money, I better take it down, at least get something out of it. Um, and, and look, we've seen big-time players in the past. Uh, Gabe Shepard, probably going to be a high draft pick, got hurt, messed up his arm. Um, you know, God bless him. He didn't – it didn't reach his potential. But if he was a guy in this day and age, would he be able to get some NIL money from a school? You better believe it. It's tough. It's tough. And, and yeah, there is no loyalty. But the NCAA, this is the NCAA. They have caused it. Uh, they've this created is what the NCAA has, has created. And you can't necessarily blame a kid for taking advantage of the rules that they're given because there's not, they're not breaking any rules. Yeah. It's heartbreaking. You hope that some kids feel that they have a, uh, that they have a connection that there's just something more about leaving a coach's situation than money, but this is going to happen more and more as the years go on if they don't get a handle on this. And I still, getting, this isn't the first time you're going to see this. Now, Kelly, you made a great point in my office. You said this is a reflection of the society we live in now. It's all about grabbing money. I mean, you even I even joke about preachers all the time. We'll say, you know, after after long sessions of prayer, I've decided to move to a bigger church where my pay is double. You never hear a, a preacher say they're going to a smaller church where their salary's cut in half. Right. You, you, so, so I'm saying even even the preachers who are supposed to be the good guys, they're lots of times even chasing the money. Um, the only thing you can say, and, and look, there are some eagles that are loyal. I mean, Dustin Dickerson has said publicly, I'm staying. Tanner Hall's mom yeah. has released a statement. Tanner Hall is, is in. And I still think that when the smoke clears tomorrow or even after the 4th of July holiday, you're going to see that Southern Miss weathered this storm a lot better than some other schools. Vanderbilt is getting hammered with kids leaving. LSU, I think, has got three that they've picked up from. <laughs> Just poaching Vanderbilt. <laughs> Just Vanderbilt. Openly poaching their players. Correct. And Well, if you can't beat them, buy them. So, yeah. And Arkansas had, who was a College World Series team, had what, eight in the transfer? 11 from Mississippi State. Okay, there you go. So, but, but here's the thing, Kelly and, uh, and Heath. Uh, you know, you can't even do this in the National Football League. You can't just go poach players off of another team. It appears to me that, that what the NCAA is doing now, they're just turning college athletics into another form of professional sports. There is no more am- amateurism in college athletics. That went out the door when they did the NIL. Look, these collectives and these individuals that are not, I mean, the NCAA said that they can't be associated with the school, so these people aren't, you know, boosters. But what they're doing is they're putting their money together, and uh, they're going out, and they're talking to these kids. They aren't part of the school, but, you know, the conversations are being had, and those kids know they hit the portal. They're going to get money. Now, the problem that you have is with it happening this late, 
did you know that you were going to do this before you got off up there to Cary, North Carolina, or was this something that you found out at Cary, North Carolina? Because if that if that was what's taking place, then we got a whole nother ball of wax to talk about. Because that's just a uh, you better start watching how many collectives and individuals stay around these all star teams that are playing off, and how many coaches going to be like, well, we don't really want you going and play an all star, or how many these players going to get talked to that are in the Cape League that after next year they're going to be like, yeah, well, we want you to come here after this season. Yeah, well, I, I mean, think that's a real it's point. It's going to be tough. So let me, let me put you right on the spot, Heath Hinton. Do, do we really believe that um, Will McGillis went in the coach's office and said, I'm going to uh, South Carolina, and nobody from the South Carolina baseball program had talked to him? Do we believe that Hurston Waldrop has actually entered the portal 48 hours before it closed, and Hurston Waldrop does not know where he's going? Do we Are we really asked to believe that? Now, are we saying no and talk to two different things? Does somebody from those schools know it's happening? Sure. Did they talk to them? Not necessarily because, as I said, collectives and individuals talk to them. So, yeah, it could happen where the coaches aren't talking, but the coaches well, know because but, they but, but let, let me Let me interrupt you. Do you think that the collective is out talking to a Hurston Waldrop without the coach at no, Florida knowing no. that they're doing that? No, 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 I, no, I don't. I believe they do know. I, I, I'm agreeing with you 100%. But when you're talking about, you know, they're, they're figuring out how to break the, how to, how to get around these rules. There's no question about it. When these rules come out, people are already saying, well, this is dumb. This is what's going to happen. And I know, I, I remember when the NCAA came out and said it. Uh, you can't be a part of the school. Okay, so they're just going to pull all the funding from the school, put it in these NILs collectives and individuals and they're going to go buy players that's what's going to happen congratulations you did nothing and i understand and that's what i understand that people are going to be upset with hurston walter i get that but but the bottom line is until you walked in Waldrop's shoes you don't know what's going that's through right. his mind Right. You, I mean, 20. Right. And I just arbitrarily throw out a figure. We don't know what Florida supposedly is offering him, if anything, in a UIL deal. All right. It's reasonable to assume he's going to get something right or why leave. But that's all it's all academic. Right. But but twenty five thousand dollars to one kid might be a lot of money to where to another kid. It may not be right. you know, depending on a family. A lot of these young men that are playing in, that are playing are making more than guys playing professional baseball. These guys yeah. are making more off NIL deals than guys playing in double, single, and triple-A ball. Yeah. yeah, They're getting good money. You can't blame them. They're, they're not breaking rules. They're just taking advantage of the rules given to them. All right, we're, we're up against a break. We've got Heath Hinton from Big Gold Nation. When we come back, going to continue this conversation. Here's another concern, Kelly. You, you'd be digesting this, you and Heath. If you think they're, if you think they're coming after kids in baseball – how do you think they're going to come after kids in basketball and football, many of whom, in all honesty, come from very poor backgrounds? And $50,000 may seem like a pot of gold to them and their family. That's next on the Eagle Hour.
Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Mo Bay Bidier. That is the official Bidier shop of the Super Talk Eagle Hour, and it is a delicious place. Michael Morgans. Our illustrious producer, working hard over there in his office, said that they were the best beignets he had ever had. They're very good. They cook them when you come in. You order them. They cook them when you order them. They douse them in white sugar, Kelly Santer, and you can put all kinds of toppings on top of them. And uh, they're when I eat one, I think of you. I don't know why, but I do. Every cardiologist in the area encourages you to, <laughs> to, to go to Mobile Beignets. Have you beignets. had one, Heath, a Mobile Beignet? I have not, but all I can think about right now is a beignet and some chocolate milk. Because to a fat guy, that is heaven. (laughs) That is heaven. There's something about donuts and beignet and chocolate milk. I don't understand it, but it just goes together It's sort of spiritual. Is that what you're saying, Heath? (laughs) Yes. It is very spiritual. A religious experience. Right right down the street from Mobe Beignet is Campus Book Mart, and that's where you'll find Miss Kathleen. Uh, I'm sure she'd, she'd take a beignet if you took one down there to her. And uh, she's got great Southern Miss apparel all through her store. They're the finest people in the in the world. And uh, you can shop them on Hardy Street or you can shop them online at uh, campusbookmark.net. All right, Heath Hinton from Big Gold Nation. We're going to continue this conversation. Kelly Center, I thought you made such a great point uh, earlier. I don't say that often, but today was one of those exceptions. When you said the big beneficiary out of this new wild, wild west that the NCAA has created is the junior college system. Junior colleges are licking their chops at all this stuff that's going on now for several reasons. Now, if you're a high school senior and you looked and it's every it's every high school senior's dream to go play, quote unquote, division one. Right. Well, if you go division one and you're a stud, you might get 25 percent scholarship. Right. All right. So you take that scholarship. You're going to sit the bench most likely for two years. And you're thinking, okay, I'm finally going to get my shot because the second baseman who I'm playing behind, he's graduating. Well, now that school goes into the transfer portal and gets not one, but two second basemen from other schools, which tells you how they feel about you, right? Right. They went out and got these other other second basemen. You're still sitting there languishing with a 25% at tops division one scholarship. When you go to community college X, Y, or Z, you play immediately you get nearly 100% of your education paid for. You're eligible for the draft after two years. And then if you get recruited by a Division One school, they're coming specifically for you, and they need you now. So, th- so any of the con or anti-boxes that you would check for a junior college opportunity, those are all gone now. Junior colleges love what's happening. And, and what about high school seniors? It would seem to me that, uh, the, the, number one, not as many are going to get recruited to Division One, and, and the same scenario plays out for a high school senior. Which, if they don't go Division One and they want to play and they're good enough, what's their only other option then? Is junior colleges. Here's my, here's my question. How long does this filter down to junior college? Because once a junior college see this happening – I guarantee you, junior college is going to start doing it because they're going to want players too, and then there's going to be a battle between junior college of which junior college gets players. Well, what can this person do with NIL? What can this school do with NIL or collecting their individuals? I think it's just going to trickle down. It it might it's to a, trickle down. It might to a degree, Heath, but ju- generally your junior college institutions 
don't have near the deep pond. First of all, there aren't near as many of them, right? Junior colleges as there are. That's true. Uh, and, and their pockets aren't near as deep. I as mean, Florida. <laughs> as, or LSU. Or Texas. Or Texas, yeah. You know? All right, well, here's another concern I have, and uh, we'll start with you, Heath, and then get Kelly's input. i got to be careful how I say this. I say this with total respect to everybody involved. But we know that many college football and basketball players are going to come from households with far less income, generally speaking, not everybody, of of course, course. Uh, far less household income than most college baseball players. Is that fair to say, Kelly? Reasonably, yes. Okay. So aren't aren't the the vultures out there really going to home in on these kids who they and their families have never had any substantial money in their lives. And so you go to a kid like that and you you show him $25,000 if he leaves his smaller school to come to your big university. And for that kid, it it's almost impossible to turn the money down because he's turning away something his family has never had an opportunity to enjoy. And, and to them, to that kid, that's all the money in the world. I understand why you. I understand why you would argue that, but here's what I would say to counter that: I don't think money has as much to do with any of this as it does to do with the way a child is raised. You know, because even regardless of your socioeconomic background, if you come from a family that says you gave your word and you're going to finish, you're going to you're going to fulfill your promise because that's the right thing to do. You know, I completely agree with that. Yeah, I, I, well, but I'm saying if, if you were raised that way, then that's then then there might not be, you know, the, the money is not going to be near as big a factor. But I certainly understand well, why for you, kids that aren't raised that, that didn't come up in that kind of household. What I'm saying is they seem more vulnerable to me. I agree. Yeah. Well, it's already happening. It's already happening, guys. Take a look at what happened in Florida last week. You've got 2023 uh, quarterback. Jaden Rashad, and this is out social media, this is out, you can look this up, um, got a $9.5 million NIL deal, and he committed to the University of Miami. Now, supposedly, he turned down uh, a large NIL deal from the Florida Gators Collective. So it's already happening. It's already happening. The thing is, a four-star, we're not even talking a five-star here, we're talking a four-star recruit. You got a $9 million NIL deal. You know, you're going you're gonna to have college football players making more than some NFL players, Kelly. Yeah, I was, I was Absolutely. just, just going to say that, you know. That's insanity. This is not, this it's is just not insanity. Sports. No, it's not this amateur, not amateur sport. sports anymore. So in any definition that you choose to accept, you take that kid for an example. How is he an amateur athlete? He's not. He's a professional athlete. He's being paid $9 million to go play football. He's not only a professional athlete, he's a damn successful professional athlete coming out of high school. Yeah. Okay. Right. Well, I'm just saying, so accept the fact, if you think all of this is good, that college athletics, as we've all known in our lifetime, largely ending. Well, I, amateur. And I don't care what socioeconomic situation you're in. When you start throwing 9.5 million dollars around, yeah, and that's obviously the it. that's obviously the exception to the rule. Sure, but sure. But, uh, but you know, I just think it, I, I fear that it's going to turn the schools outside of the Power Five into basically 
farm clubs <laughs> the, ri- the rich. The rich get richer. And the poor get poor. And I sure am glad that Peyton Manning's, uh, or is it his is it his son that just signed it? No, uh, it's his nephew. Uh, his nephew just so. signed. And I'm glad because yeah. that poor kid didn't know where his next meal was coming from. No, and now he does at least have a little financial stability <laughs> in his life, doesn't yeah. he? Yeah, I mean, it's, poor uh, guy. It's crazy, guys. It's the wild, wild west. It's the you know, it's the free agency with no cap and... All right. So, I mean, this is college sports these days, so, unfortunately. So let's talk about if we could wave a magic wand and start doing some things to reel it back in, you know, what would you do? The number one thing I would do in baseball is I would say you're not even eligible for the transfer portal if you have participated in X number of innings. Okay, so if you like Charlie Fisher, for example, and and you in the production meeting, Bob, you're talking about Charlie Fisher, perfect example of what the transfer portal's for. All right. Good kid. You know, great teammate does the work. Just just didn't have a place here. So he finds a place. But if but if you play and Charlie Fisher didn't play that many innings, but if you play a significant number of innings and perform well, like Waldrop, that makes you prime a prime target for some of these schools to come along and poach you. So as one of the rules, let's say, all right, if you participated in X number of innings, you are not eligible for the tra- – So that- I think that's legit, Heath. A minute left, I, Heath. I, I, I like it. My, my one way to fix it would be put a cap on it. $10,000 is all you can get, and it doesn't matter where you go, you get $10,000. And, that is it. That I, would pair out this thing and turn it back down. And my 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 suggestion to throw in there would be to go revisit the transfer rule itself, where in the past, yeah, you can transfer, but you have to sit out a year. Yes, Kelly Center, yeah. you can take this likeness deal if the university is willing to give it to you, but you're not going to play next year. You're going to practice with them and you're going to sit out a year before you change schools. And it seems to me that would tamp it way down. I, I think on the the image and likeness, you're right. I was talking more the transfer portal. Correct. You know, to cut I down agree. on the I number of baseball that. players. But we can deal. say in conclusion that for guys like Charlie Fisher, for kids that are good kids doing the right thing, they just want an opportunity to be on the field. I'm all for them and, having and that. They need a new place. Yeah, right. and I think I where to go new. And I, I think under those circumstances, even even Scott Barry would would shake his hand and say, I "Good think luck." That's exactly correct. You know. All right. Well, this is not a subject that's going away, so we'll have all summer to talk about this. We are one day away from the close of the dreaded transfer portal, and uh, hopefully, and hello Sunbelt. Yeah, hello Sunbelt. And, and, but rest assured, we do have all the right answers of here course, from right here. Eagle. Hour. Needless to say, <laughs> hey, thanks for the extra appearance, Heath. We'll talk to you next week. All right, guys, have a wonderful weekend. Happy Fourth. We'll be right back. Southern Miss to the top. I am so glad you can't hear what goes on in the studio sometimes when we're uh, when we're not on the air with Kelly Sander around and Al Holder on the phone. It's just it's very very tenuous. It's very very tenuous. <laughs> Fourth Street Bar and Grill sponsors this segment of the Eagle Hour. 
And uh, we're grateful to them for all they do. Great food, great place to have a good time in the big game always. And all the they'd, they'd like to know if they could change segments by Ford Street. <laughs> okay, let, let's let's move on from all that right. off-air conversation all if right. we can. There, please. Al, welcome back to the Eagle Hour. Yep, it's good to be back. Beautiful all right, day. we wanted to talk to you. We know you really keep up with these kids closely, and, and, and Kelly knows a lot about some of these kids. Some of the Southern Miss kids that are playing uh, – professional baseball very impressive really that four are playing triple a baseball and I, I want to run through it rather quickly but i want to start with a, a player you and kelly both expressed to me you knew a little bit about cody carroll he's with the san francisco giants organization with the sacramento river cats uh it seems like he's been up there a long time but you both of you indicating to me that you know he's kind of in and out of the big show yeah, he's he 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 was with Baltimore for a long time, and and he would just kind of float back and forth between uh, uh, the, the big league club and and uh, the the AAA club, and I think he had some injuries along the way, but it just it just seemed like he he could he could work through the the, uh, the his batters uh, in in AAA, but he just couldn't couldn't get through them when he got up to the big leagues, and uh, and his ERA kept jumping up when he got up there, and then they send him back down. He do some work and go back up and so on and so forth. So that's what he's been doing. Yeah, it's tough to – you have to be able to establish yourself consistently at the major league level. And unfortunately, as competitive as it is now, if you go up and stub your toe two or three times early in your career in the major leagues, it's like they send you back down and it's very tough to latch back on. Yeah. And I think that's kind of been the story with uh, Cody Carroll. Two kids that exactly. have been on this show several times, and one that Kelly actually coached as a child, Kirk McCarty uh, and Nick Sandlin, both with the uh, Columbia, Columbus Clippers, which is part of the Cleveland Guardians uh, organization slash Indians. Uh, Kirk has been up and down. Sandlin, we, we thought, had maybe landed a spot with the, uh, with the big club, but he's back down now. Well, you said you knew a little extra about Sandlin. Yeah, his uh, FIP, it's called FIP, and th- these are the things that a pitcher can control. Strikeouts, unintentional walks, hit by pitch, and home runs. Those are the things that a pitcher can control. And uh, they rate them between 1 and 5, and below 3.8 is above average. Well, Nick's has slid up to, or as Dizzy Dean would say, slid up to, Six point oh three, and I, I noticed that it seemed like every time I'd see the box score on him, he would he would have hit somebody, walks a couple of batters, then somebody bangs one uh, out of the park, you know, just stuff like that. And I think that's kind of what uh, uh, they saw when he was uh, when they'd bring him in in these games is that one game he's lights out, the next game he hit he hits two batters or he walks a batter or two and you know just uh, so on and so forth so i think they're they're fine-tuning uh, him i believe uh, they believe in him and they're going to bring him back but he's got some work to do uh, that, uh, kelly you know kirk mccarty very well i, I do and I, and I want to talk about kirk in just a second but going back to, to sandlin for a minute th- that's why i in particular and look i've never pitched a game even in minor league baseball so who am i to say but i'm not a big fan of the sidearm type of delivery that sandlin because of that there is a huge huge hit by pitch ratio when you have a guy that throws like that it's so difficult for the release point to happen at the same place every single time and the first thing a right-handed hitter is going to do is is crowd the plate 
right, against somebody like Sandlin, and immediately those hit-by-pitches goes up. And those are free bases, you know, that Al talks about. So it's a walk or a hit. But, I mean, you're still going to get first base. I just am not yeah. a big fan of, of that sidearm delivery. And left-handed hitters see that ball much better from a right-handed sidearm guy. And left-handers tend to have a huge batting average advantage on one of those right, right-handed uh, right. side armors. Now, Kirk doesn't throw it. He's not a side armor. He's a, you know, he's a straight over the top uh, kind of guy. And like I said, I think if Kirk were to get an extended chance, he would, you know, he would be able to to grow some legs, so to speak, and and finish there. But but he's you know stubbed his toe a couple of times, and again, boom! That's it's just such a short leash that they have on you at the major league level. Right. Well, in his last yeah. appearance with the Clippers, he worked four scoreless innings, allowed four hits, and a pair of strikeouts. But it's what you guys say that you get up to that next level, and it's a all right. Now here's one of our favorites, and I know you love this kid, Al. Chucky Robinson is uh, playing. Uh, Triple-A ball with the Cincinnati Reds organization, and I think doing pretty well. Yeah, I remember when Chucky played, you know, played in Hattiesburg, and he was just such a dynamic catcher. Uh, you know, behind the plate, he, he controlled, he ran, he ran the, uh, the defense. He just he did everything the way you wanted to do, block balls. He could throw people out. He had, he had every skill set, and, uh, and a lot of pop in his bat. Uh, his his batting average wasn't 350 or anything, but if for a catcher, it was it was pretty darn good. But he's he seems to have begun to pick up the baseball, and uh, I'd say he has slowly moved up from a high a double uh, a double a. He stayed in double a a while. Now he's up at triple a, and he has really started to to come alive. I think I, I I'm not going to be surprised if we don't see him on the major league roster a little later on this well, year, maybe when they expand the roster or something. Hope we do. Double A ball, J.C. Keys. Kelly, I know you know him well as well. He plays for the Chattanooga, Look, Chattanooga Lookouts. I love some of these teams. The Cincinnati Reds organization has uh, pitched nine games so far this year and uh, doing pretty well. J.C. Keys has a terrific curveball. I mean, that, that's been his bread and butter since the time he was 11 years old. I mean, that curveball, that 12-6 to 6, drops in there about a foot and a half and it's when it's on it's nearly you know unhittable um he put on about uh, 15 pounds in the offseason you know big strong kid now he's never been very tall but that's not been you know that has not been a, a problem you know for him him and chucky both uh jc and chucky are in a good organization as far as moving their way up you know because the reds have yep. struggled this year so they're going to be looking for some people that they can maybe depend on in the future and that has as much to do with it as anything else make no mistake about that if you're a double a guy in the yankees organization trade me <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. you're never going to play at the major league level the yankees will go out and buy somebody before they'll give you a chance right but but the reds the the giants um the twins some of the, the Tampa Bay, some of these smaller market teams are more likely to give their minor league guys more of an extended chance. All right, uh, Al, here's a, here's a name we all know and love, and he's really heating up, Matt Walner. Uh, Walner with uh, 63 hits, 13 doubles, three triples, 16 home runs, and 50 RBIs so far this season. And Matt Walner playing for the Minnesota Twins organization in Double uh, A. He had somebody has finally explained to him what a slider looks like and when to expect it in the pitch count. And uh so he 
you know, because he just has this tendency when he sees the ball coming a little low in the strike zone because he's a left-hander, he likes it low in the strike zone. He just, for some reason, can't recognize that that rascal's got a dot on it and it's about to disappear. But I think they've they've uh, they've got him understanding that his batting average has really picked up and he's always got pop. I I go back to that home run he hit over at LSU in a regional a couple of years ago, and I, I've just never heard a ball hit like that. Just they're still looking for it, and I think, and I think he he's on the Twins' radar as a guy that they're that they're really hoping that he can stay injury free and continue to progress. Because if he does, he could be in the line of a Kirby Puckett or a Kent Herbeck or somebody that the Twins. And that's a good organization yeah. for him to be in, and, and a good main. No question. Yeah, they're very loyal to their guys uh, in the Twins yeah. organization. Yeah. yeah. All right, and High A uh, three kids from last year's baseball team actually. Hunter Stanley is playing for the Lake County Captains. Uh, that's with the Cleveland organization. Walker Powell uh, with the South Bend Cubs and the Cubs organization. Ryan Ock playing uh, for the Fort Wayne Tin Caps. That's a great uh, San Diego Padres. So here are three kids that were on the roster just last year, Kelly Sander. In high A, that speaks pretty well for him, doesn't it? Well, Ryan Ock better continue to do well because if you've ever been to Fort Wayne, you don't want to stay there very long <laughs> 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 under any circumstances. So uh, he's he's always been a hard worker, and you know he's a Minnesota kid, so he's used to working up there in the Midwest. And anytime you're left-handed, look, let's just be honest you're left-handed you're a step ahead of the game because there just aren't as many left-handed guys so yeah. I, I look for especially Ock. with the kind of velocity that he has yeah and I, I look i look for him to advance pretty quickly if he stays injury free mm-hmm. all right one more out before we run out of time we got about 30 seconds left here single a reed tribble who was a, a superstar here last year in the orioles organization but placed on seven day injured reserve uh, back in April, and uh, really no stats for him, so he appears to be struggling a bit. Well, actually, uh, he's he's hurt. It's and I don't know exactly what it is. Uh, they don't publish a lot of that sort of stuff, but uh, he's obviously hurt and and uh, not able to perform. So, uh, I, you know, if he's if he stays on the uh, on the on the injured list, they're going to have to rehab him in the off season and bring him back next year. So, all right, four Golden that kid, Eagles. That I'm sorry. Go ahead. Finish up. Finish your thought. I said those those kids. uh, That kid's got a lot of upside. All right. Four Eagles in AAA. One, two, uh, two in AA. Four in high A and one in single A, and we will uh, keep you abreast about how they do. Reed Trimble just going. If I just would have stayed one more year, I could have had a UIL deal. Exactly. That's the truth. <laughs> All right, Al. Thanks for your contribution. Always good talking to you. Happy Fourth of July to you, brother. Yeah, not too, y'all don't need too much barbecue. Now. All right, Al Holder, everybody. Kelly and I'll be back. Wrap up this edition of the Eagle Hour from the Southern Bank Core Studio. Right after this. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Hey, I want to thank Al Holder for joining us uh, in that segment. It was always fun talking to him about the kids uh, from Southern Miss playing professional baseball. Also, our thanks to Heath Hinton for uh, jumping in today as well. This segment is sponsored by D1 and D-Bat, and it is a great place to do training for every sport if you're an adult. And, of course, the place to take your children if they're into baseball or softball uh, D1, D-Bat on Hardy Street. We thank them for their support of the Eagle Hour. Well, we have got some guests coming up. Uh, we're working on this after the show, but 
just I hope you're all sitting down. Coming in the next couple of weeks uh, to the Eagle Hour, Kelnak the Magnificent. So we have gotten word from the Far East. We've, we've heard that the stars are aligned, yeah. and uh, he is on hump and uh, slowly making his way. Hump the Wonder Camel. Making his way here. Phil Hall, the brother of USM football coach Will Hall. Do I hear that Phil may be giving us an early season preview? He is going to be here, but you know with Phil, he, he has to have at least three pots of coffee before. <laughs> yeah, before yeah, but we can make the coffee. <laughs> uh, we've got the coffee back in the back here. He, he's, and, uh, he's a little high energy. Uh, so you think we can count on Phil Hall showing up? Oh, yeah, he'll he'll give us the, the straight scoop that, that maybe Will won't. At it, it'll be the first preview, official preview of Southern Miss football. Uh, for the new year uh, from the brother of head football coach Will Hall. We'll have to let Coach Hall know that the, the bro's going to be in town. He, he loves when Phil comes on the yeah, show. He's yeah, he's actually talked to us about that before. <laughs> yeah. And then, believe it or not, Kelly leads a multifaceted life. And, and one of the things is that Kelly is a PA announcer for professional wrestling. That's correct. The SWA Championship Wrestling in Mississippi. And you are arranging for one of the big-time wrestling stars of that organization to come on this show? Mr. Reality, Benjamin Woods. Mr. Rea- the real Mr. Reality? We're, we're hoping to get him get him on the show because, you know, yeah. they're going to be at the Cameron Center in Laurel on July yeah. 9th. Right. Saturday, July 9th. And you were explaining to me about wrestling. There is a finish hold. Is that what you said? Yeah. You know, when, when you're when you're going to win the match and you've got this one hold that's devastating that, the, that your opponent and just... And what would Mr. Realities be? The reality check. Oh, okay. <laughs> Can he demonstrate that on you? Not if on he comes me. In the studio? No, I don't. I don't. How about to, Mergens? Can we I, get Mergens in here? I don't. Him? I don't think it's fair because I think Mister Reality is okay. about six six, and uh, Merg and, and is who, not. Who is he going to be taking on? Uh, the Shanghai Tiger, I think. Wow. Yeah. You said he couldn't come because he has a mask on. We that, couldn't hear him. That, that's right. That's okay. Right. Well, so, so we, we're we're bringing all the big. Really, all the big and uh, Mister Reality's a Southern Miss fan. So, in case you want to know okay. what the deal is right. there, how does that you know relate to Southern Miss? And speaking so. of Mister Reality, Lee Applewhite is scheduled to be on the show tomorrow. And is Patrick coming on tomorrow? Patrick McGee. We think Patrick is on the man. We're glad to say, from an appendicitis surgery unexpectedly. I don't guess he'd mind me saying. You know, we that. should try to get Coach Fedora back on too to see what he thought of the first year yeah, of the USFL. They done? They're done. Are they done. Yeah, they got beat last week in the semifinals. So. Well, we have a great source that's a very good friend of Coach Fedora who listens to this show, and he, he'll he know I'm talking about him right now. And we sure appreciate it if you could hook us up with Coach again. And I am amazed. i got to tell you, I am amazed at the number of people that listen to this show. And, again, I know they're listening because they'll say something specifically mm-hmm. that we said. And, look, y'all, we're glad. We're glad that uh, that you're listening. And we, we hope that you – and think that you like the show. Otherwise, you wouldn't be listening. Um, but thank you so much for the kind words. And I think, gosh, Bob, advertising's almost there. It is sold out, isn't it? At this point, I mean, I know it a lot is. of. Bi- We're very grateful for that. Yeah, I know a lot of businesses have asked about trying to get on to the Eagle Hour, yes. but right now nobody's leaving. So We're very grateful for that. We yeah. appreciate everybody that listens, everybody that sponsors the show, and uh, all the people that help us. You know, Jack Duggan was on the show yesterday. We really. Can't say enough about what Jack does throughout the year to help us. And we're going to Ramey's next week. Is that right? On, yes. On yes, Thursday? Yes. And and some of the scheduled guests uh, coming up include uh, the new volleyball coach. Correct. At, at, um, at Southern Miss. We're also going to be uh, talking to Travis Higa, who's the director of the Pride of Mississippi. They're starting to put That's their show correct. together for the fall. And right here in my uh, formerly nicotine-stained hands is a text from my source who says uh, – 
we will be getting Coach Fedora on here soon. There you uh, go, man. So That's, we appreciate that very yeah. much. We love. We've had some great interviews with Coach Fedora. Great guy, and, and uh, always been very transparent. And oh, uh, yeah, always been very transparent. <laughs> and I, I, somebody had at one time I interviewed him, and and I'm kind of friends with with Fedora, so you know you can ask friends questions that you normally wouldn't ask other people but i kind of forget where i'm at sometimes and on the air when he got the breakers job i said now coach you're okay money wise right he indicated he was (laughs) (laughs) yeah but but somebody said i can't believe on the air you would ask somebody Mm -hmm. about their financial status and i said well i guess i didn't really think about it i mean knowing full well that that he's certainly doing okay well i mean a tip was that he was doing the show from his second home down on the emerald coast i (laughs) mean that was kind of a clue right there. and i don't know how much longer north carolina has to pay him millions or whatever for buying and buying him out so that uh He's a great guy, though, and a great interview, and we'll look forward to having him back on. We really appreciate uh, Coach Fedora's willingness to come on the show. All right, so we're going to talk to Lee Applewhite about a serious matter tomorrow. Golden Eagles moving to uh, the Sun Belt here in about 48 hours. countdown is on. Big, important time to contribute, to support. Also going to ask Lee, from his perspective, is there a concern that some of the money that traditionally goes to these booster clubs – is now going to be going uh, to the likeness deals. Big time, fair question. Yeah, it's a, it's a great time to have Lee Applewhite on the show. We'll look forward to that. We'll be back tomorrow at 1 o'clock. Until then, Southern Miss. To the top. Into the Talk Mississippi Media Production.